And welcome back to the For Film Sake Podcast, everybody. I am Brian Archija, and I am here with... Chris Lucky. Who is surprisingly clean-shaven. Oh, I am, yeah. Yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like no uh, no facial hair there's at all. No, I'm used to, I'm used to like, a, like a sort of manly stubble. Or at least a mustache. At yeah, the, at, least at the very mustache. least. Yeah. Um, yeah, ever since the military, like I'll, I'll shave down, but I'll keep the mustache, you know, for that look. Mm-hmm. And if, and if you look around, you won't actually see too many black men that don't at least have a mustache. Yeah. No, at it's, least. it's, um, uh, going to throw my phone in the bed. It's, uh, I've noticed that a lot of mm-hmm. black men keep facial hair, oh, even, yeah. even if it's just like a mustache or yeah. like a soul patch or something, mm-hmm. they will have facial hair. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh yeah. So particular reasons? Is that just the way shit worked out? Oh no, I was, um, I was shooting for, um. For Daniela, who who came in two episodes ago, I believe. Right, twenty six. Yeah, episode twenty six. Uh, photographer. Yeah, so I was shooting for her. I was um I was in full white face uh, makeup. Oh, I guess I I should be like uh, give a little more detail <laughs> into this the white face. So no, it wasn't like a uh, a shot at like uh, white people in twenty sixteen. Yeah, it wasn't like a Dave Chappelle skit. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, but but I, I was thinking that though, like after I left, because like everybody else, they were um, after they got their makeup taken off, you know, mm-hmm. they would have like an alcohol pad and they would take the makeup from their face. But mine, like I had makeup in my hair as well, right. you know. So I'm like this, the me taking the makeup off my face, I'm still going to be walking around with like silver, you know, white hair. So I'm like, <laughs> no, I'll just leave it on. You know, so they were like, what are you going to do? Like, going around looking like that. I was like, I'm just going to go do white stuff. Like, like not get pulled over by the police or, like, order a mayonnaise sandwich or, you know. <laughs> 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 so I'll do in white face. I just, I realized you sent me a picture of you, a selfie with Daniela, and you were yeah. all in white face. And yeah. you sent me the hashtag, when you don't want to get pulled over. Yeah. And I fucking lost it. <laughs> when you really don't want to get pulled over today, <laughs> then you're just in full white face. <laughs> But no, it was, um, it's, I'm not sure exactly how much, um, we're supposed to be talking about uh, the actual project itself. Right. I don't think, I don't think we should just no. because it's, we're not related to it at all. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I did do some work with Daniela and I was in full white face for it and it was, it was awesome. It was a good experience. Yeah. But in order to do it, I had to be completely shave, shaven and, um, and what's, what's the word? Uh, exfoliated. I had exfoliated. to exfoliate oh, had to very exfoliate. well. So I had a nice uh, shine and glow about myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a good look. It suits you. I'll, I'll, I'll wear it until the hair grows back. So we'll see. I feel you. No, I can't do this shit without yeah. face anymore. Like if I if I lose my beard, I don't know what it'll look like. I think I'm scared to find out. I think you got to try it. No, no, no. <laughs> no. You got to try it at least once. I don't least think once. I don't think I have enough. I don't think I have like a, a, like a, a aesthetically pleasing chin mm. to rock not a beard. I think my shin looks good because it has a beard on it. Okay. So uh, I'll I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll do an experiment one day and then Shit. don't come out of the house for like three months. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I got I got some fucking shit Let's to talk it. about. All right, because what, when you when you usually when you're late for school, mm-hmm. what do you deal with? What what usually makes you late for school? Uh, you know, is it like a flat tire? Your car doesn't turn on. You left something at the house. Uh, my car was repossessed. My first quarter. My, oh shit! I remember my that. very first quarter. Like that's what yeah. I'm trying to think of. Like being late for a class. Like if if, if, if like if I, my car was repossessed and that was that was eight months ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that was the only time I was late where I didn't plan for it or care. Right. You know. Otherwise, it's just I'll be an hour late because I am. <laughs> you know. <laughs> just I'm just late. Yeah. Fuck you. Because I chose to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, you know why I was late today? Why? There was a dude fucking playing tug of war with his dick in my backyard. Who won? <laughs> <laughs> the game got canceled because we fucking found out that he was masturbating in my fucking backyard oh damn 
Yeah, oh. just like at fucking five in the morning, my mom goes up the stairs, freak yeah. the fuck out. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, what happened? I just wo- I woke up because she's screaming. Yeah. I'm confused. There's just a fucking dude masturbating in my fucking backyard. Like on my fucking kitchen door. I need... Wait, what? The, <laughs> All right, right. Set the scene. Set the scene. Right. All the way back. All okay. right. So... Five o'clock in the morning. Five o'clock in the morning. You're doing what? I'm asleep. You're asleep. I'm asleep. So you wake up to the the blood curdling screams of your mom. Yeah, my mom, uh, she's screaming, mm. and, and like I'm in my bed, and at that point I wake up. And first I'm like, thought, All right, what the fuck is happening? What? First thought. Uh, first thought is like, holy shit, something horrible happened. Yes. All right. So I get up from my bed and I open the door because mom's like hitting on it, so yeah. we're like banging the shit out of it. Yeah. Because I sleep with my lock on. Mm. And I go and it's like, what the fuck happened? What's happening? Yeah. Who's, who's downstairs? Did someone break in? That's mm-hmm. my first thought. Exactly. Yeah. And then she goes, like, call 911. I was like, holy fuck, someone did break in. What yeah. the fuck is happening? Yeah. So, like, what? she's freaking out. There's obviously no one coming up the stairs. Mm-hmm. So, I assume that whatever's happening is it's contained outside. to downstairs. Oh, downstairs. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I was like, or she freaks out. She tells me there's a dude masturbating in the backyard, like, on our fucking glass door. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh fuck. Okay, so I call 911. Mm-hmm. And this is the... <laughs> This is my favorite part of what happened because I was fucking scared and angry because mom was freaking out. And yeah. I got to call 911. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. It's five in the morning. I just woke up. I've had two hours of sleep. Mm. I am not prepared to deal with this shit today. Mm. I don't, I'm just not. Okay. So I call 911. It's like, yes, 911 was your emergency. And I was like, there's a dude masturbating in my house. They had to laugh. <laughs> they had to laugh. <laughs> they was like, go turn on the water hose, bro. <laughs> Just get the water hose and spray them off the lawn. (laughs) And like, (laughs) I just said, there's a dude masturbating in my backyard. And the guy goes like, excuse me? And I was like, there's a dude masturbating in my backyard. That's that's the thing that's happening. Yeah, that's the thing. nothing in. And she was like, okay, well, we're sending an officer. What's your address? And I was like, I gave him my address. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, officer's on his way. And he's like, is everyone all right? He's like, yeah, there's just a dude fucking masturbating. Yeah. Um, so I hang up 911. Did he have any material with him at all? Like uh, a magazine? No. Or a phone? Just or looking through my fucking kitchen, masturbating. Oh, he was looking bed. in the house yeah, while he masturbating? Yeah, into the house. Yeah. Mm. That's what freaked my mom out. Mm. He was like right there looking into us and into the house of the kitchen. Yeah. He, he, he'd obviously done this before because... Mm. Uh, not to this particular house, but okay, he'd obviously okay. done this before because yeah. he, was, he wasn't like... With his dick in his pants, kind of like trying to like be sneaky about mm. it. It was like cock out, cock in hand. Mm. I am masturbating in front of your house. Yeah. Kind of thing. So he's obviously done this before. Okay. And and he was confident about it too. So mm. mom saw him and she was like, what the fuck? Screamed. Dude ran away. She called me. I called him one. There's a dude masturbating. I go downstairs. Dude's nowhere to be fucking seen. Mm. Um, and it was like, she told me that it was like a tall, skinny black guy. Mm. Uh, about six foot. Yeah. That was monking it in my backyard. Wow. So if any of you people see like a huge, tall, skinny black guy with a disposition to masturbate in public, call the cops. <laughs> like, that is, that's very odd. Yeah. That's weird. It's, it's, it was the fucking weirdest morning. And the, the, the fucked up thing is that I had to I had to send an email to, to Lon, mm. uh, who was in episode 14, if you guys remember him. Yeah. I have class with him today. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So, oh, shit, I hit the mic like way hard. Yeah. And I had to send him a, an email. I said, like, so a bit of a ridiculous email to send. Mm. But I'm going to be late because I have to file a police report because some dude was masturbating in my backyard. I'll see you in class later. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so that was my fucking morning. Yeah. But, like, people deal with, like, a flat tire. Mm. You know, their car doesn't start. Yeah. Their dog shits on their carpet and they have to clean it up. Mm. Their cat throws up. Mm. I had to do with a dude masturbating in my fucking backyard. 
before I could go to school today. And, it's a fucking Monday. I don't need that shit. And and to and to this, life is fucking interesting. Life <laughs> is interesting, man. You know what I'm saying? Fucking it's like, bullshit. I don't know what the fuck. Like Just, I, I uh, wish, I wish that would happen to me. Like I so wish stuff like that happens to me. Like stuff like that does happen, but not that specific instance. Right. And I was like, <laughs> like I I get it. Okay, I get mm. it. Life is never boring yeah. when shit like that happens yes. to you. But sometimes, sometimes you just want a fucking Monday. Mm. All right. You just want one normal ass Monday where you can go to work or school. Yeah. And joke about drinking bleach and right. not deal with a dude fucking coming and you're sliding. Did he finish? Uh, no, he did not. He didn't even he finish. Did not finish. No. Because mm. he got he got too scared. Mm. I mean. Well, all right. <laughs> Here's the thing. He, now that I think about it, first of all, I get angrier the more that I think about it because mm -hmm. fuck that guy. Uh -huh. But if you have the if you have the fucking confidence to whip out your cock mm -hmm. in front of someone's house in the yeah. back of someone's house looking into the kitchen, you better fucking finish what you started. I, it's just odd to me that he's he's going from house to house and like nothing's happened to him. No, you know it's like I mean I'm, I'm I just I don't know. It's hard to say what you would do in situations because it's never like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because I'm like, when I'll try to put myself into your shoes, because mm -hmm. like immediately, as soon as I heard it, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, yeah, shit, I'm, I'm 6'3", black dude. If I have somebody in my backyard, I'm going out there whooping ass immediately. Right. You know what I'm saying? Dick or not. But it's like, that's not what's happening immediately. First thing mm -hmm. is mother danger, blood curdling right. screams, you know, that. That's if first I had been alone in the house, I totally would have gone out and tried to see what the fuck was happening. Because mm -hmm. even if I didn't confront him, I would have been like, I got a description of the guy. I can report him to the cops. They can find them. They can find them. Yeah. But mom was in the house and she's yeah. freaked out. So I got to take fucking care of her. Yeah. Um, but totally. Like if I was alone, I would have been like, what the fuck are you doing in my backyard? Or, or, may, or maybe still not. You know, or yeah. maybe still not. I don't, think, I, I don't know. It's like it's, it's hard to tell what you would do in a situation like that. Yeah. Until you know? you're in the situation. Exactly. I mean, because me saying that I would run out and whoop his ass and then yeah. being in the situation and I've actually locked myself upstairs in the room. <laughs> you know? so, it's, it's always like that. But so, yeah, that yeah, is weird. So like half my morning today was filing a police report. Whoa. Funny, was, I'm twenty. I'm twenty one. That was dude. an adventurous morning. I'm I'm yeah. I'm twenty one. I don't need this. Sh this is shit that I deal with when I'm. I want to deal with when I'm like forty. No, that's not. <laughs> at, at at forty, your life becomes hum humdrum, like very simple. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be thirty two this year, right. and if you will see how like much simpler my life is now in comparison to um eighteen through twenty something. You know, like I, I was when uh, you messaged me this weekend mm -hmm. and I was like, yo, it's just my body is just shutting down <laughs> and allowing mass amounts of sleep. And I feel like I'm going to like my evolved form. And it's like you're going like, to you keep evolving, evolving, evolving. Like when you're younger, it's just I had so much energy, like stored up energy, excess right. energy to the point to where I Which had Which is to, what I have now. No, yeah. fucking g -g 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 yes, all of it. Full of energy. So it's like I had to go out at least three times a week, at least at right. the very, very minimum just to get off that excess excess energy or i would go fucking bananas you know you. go fucking crazy and now it's to the point to where there's no more excess energy like any energy <laughs> that i have at all i have to like generate it all and put it all in one place and use it to go to the gym yeah. or use it to stay awake in class <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? just that energy at, at all but here's the interesting insane. thing mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever seen you more busy in the mm -hmm. time that we've met than i've seen you in the last two weeks i was very busy the you've past been weeks. busy as fuck yes very much F. And isn't it exciting just to be that busy in no. some way? No, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, it's like I mean, I'm generally, um, I'm generally pretty busy early on. I mean, yeah. even through this summer, my daughter was here. She left uh, two weeks ago, mm. so I mean, it's it's just dealing with a lot, a lot, a lot. That's yeah. not just school or work, and I mean, just staying busy. But 
I got a lot of sleep. Like I said, I feel like I'm evolving to the the uh, the the. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get to the final form, which is just being dead. You know, the final form is just death. You're like you're like a fucking Venusaur right now, just Venusaur. Yeah, I need more and more sleep, and you know, eventually I'll just need all the sleep. I, all I of feel it. you now. Here, I can I can function on like four hours of sleep, mm-hmm. and and it's it, it kills me sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I can I can go through a week sleeping four hours every night and still do it. Mm. And I know that once I hit 26, 27, mm. out the fucking window. It's done. It's not going to happen. It's done. It's fucking awesome. done. Sorry, because I, I know we're running out of time, but mm. I want to bring something up because it made me fucking laugh yeah. so hard when it happened. And we haven't recorded in like two weeks because mm. our schedule's been fucked up. Um, but last time we recorded with our friend Brittany, shout out to you, Brittany. Uh, Brittany. We were doing the Godfather stuff. Oh, oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you, you said that if I if I think this is how the quote went, it's like, damn, Brittany, I did not know you were that attractive. Oh no, um, uh, Brittany. Oh, I, I yeah, I, I didn't know you were attractive. Right, I didn't yeah. know you were attractive. Yeah, and and for so, nine months, I didn't know you were attractive. For nine months, yeah. I didn't know you were attractive. Yeah, and so you left earlier than me because mm-hmm. we'd done all your shots yeah. and you were tired of shit. Oh yeah. So Chris left, and then as soon as you closed the door, mm-hmm. she looks at me and she was like, "What the fuck was that about?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What the fuck was that? And I was like, what are you talking? It was like, homeboy just said that he didn't I know I was shit attractive. Out of yeah, it was a complete diss. It's, like, it's, it's, called, it's called backhanded compliments. Yeah. And, I, and I spread those shits around like wildfire. You know, it's, it's a way of making it seem like you're complimenting somebody when you're actually just dissing the shit I'm out like, of them right to their face. But here's the thing. Like, you left, and it was like five minutes until, like, everything got quieted down, and she just looked at me straight in the eyes. I was like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck was, was that? that? <laughs> yeah. And, like... I, I just lost my shit because I knew she was going to bring it up the second you left. Yeah. And I was, I, was, I was waiting for you to bring that shit up, Brittany. Yeah. And then she was like, homeboy just said that shit mm-hmm. and thought it was a compliment. I was like, no, I, I don't think he thought I it did. was a compliment. <laughs> <I> sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, man. It's like, I really want, like, how are you talking about, like, bullshit conversations or conversations that don't mean anything? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be questioned or challenged or confronted about things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll actually, but it's like so many times it's like they'll just not say anything at all. It's like, no. Like, <laughs> and she was like, I thought you were going to say something about it. And I was like, listen, Mm-mm. when my friends say shit like that and like it's like I can feel the awkwardness starting to happen, yeah. I let that shit happen in their own world. They yeah. started it. They handled yeah. it. Yeah. Like it's, it's completely different from like if I'm upsetting like somebody that's um, some some gay person and I'm saying faggot. Yeah. Like right. that's like, okay, check his ass. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> that's not appropriate. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like there's there's different levels to that. But it's just with just giving somebody a backhanded compliment. I was doing it to be playful and opening up o- other conversations. Yeah. But she, <laughs> she chose to have that conversation after I was out of the it room. It was so fucking funny to me. Because yeah. I knew, like, in the back of my head, I was like, this motherfucker just wants to push buttons. Oh, today. yeah. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> sure mm. as fuck, he did. Yeah. Like, Immediately, I didn't... then it was like five minutes after you left. Yeah. Just yeah. straight up in the ass, like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Bullshit? She got her hair straight, and I was like, holy shit, Brittany, I, I didn't even know you were attractive. I <laughs> never, I never seen anything funnier than that happen. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so fuck. shouts out to you, Brittany. Yeah. Oh, Brittany. <laughs> that shit was so fucking funny. Mm. But you are very attractive, Brittany. You are very attractive. Mm. Don't don't let don't let homeboy get to you. Mm. <laughs> she she alright. She alright. Go bumping her head up too much. She alright. You know. <laughs> Is there anything yeah. else you want to say before we move on? Um, 
No, no. I mean, that's 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 about it. I think the only thing, real quick. Oh, birthdays. Oh um, shit, that's right. Birthdays this week. Uh, well, today actually is uh, Triple H. She's turning mm-hmm. forty-seven. Alex Rodriguez, a baseball player, uh, turned forty-one. Taylor Schilling. She's uh, she played Piper on Orange Is the New Black. Oh, nice. She turned thirty-two. She's only thirty-two. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then Maya Rudolph is turning forty-four today. Nice. Hell yeah, Maya Rudolph. Holla at me. And uh, that's <laughs> that is it for the mustard. That is it. Yeah, that is it for the condiments. Also. Yeah. Please lock your windows and doors because apparently there's people that masturbate in them. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, keep that in mind. Yes. All right. So we're back. Welcome back to. I clipped the mic on that. So welcome back to the fucking uh, actual topic that we're going to talk about, which you didn't mention in the opening. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today's episode, as you probably got from the title, is Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. I I don't know if they got that from the title. I mean. Ah. Most of our listeners are women, and we know how the, that goes. About <laughs> nope, not going to do that today. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Mm-mm, not doing that. That's fucking funny. Mm. Uh, so, if you can read Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, is yeah. what we're talking about today, um, which is another Charlie Kaufman film. Yeah. We've already talked about one Charlie Kaufman film two episodes ago, Being yeah. Joe Malkovich, mm-hmm. um, which is in the Criteria Collection, and it's a fucking masterpiece, in my opinion, it in is. terms of writing. It's awesome. Uh, so now we're talking about another one because we've been like oddly enough we've been around Charlie Kaufman, mm. but we've never sort of addressed the fact that we both enjoy him oh, until yeah. we started talking about Jamalkovich and and sorry Internal Sunshine. He has one more. Well, he has two more uh, movies. Uh, one called Adaptation with right. uh, Nicolas Cage, which is awesome. I think it's still on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And there was another one that came out in 2015. I believe it's in French, and I haven't seen that one at all. I, seen, I, I didn't know about the French one. Yeah, that's 2015 one. But yeah, Kaufman is out there giving the business man. Kaufman is a fucking incredible writer. It's like, like, genuinely, it's hard to find someone that can write surrealism in a way that feels more real mm. than half the bullshit that you're already finding on the screen. Mm. Uh, like, half the movies that I watch feel nothing uh, like reality. Mm. And Kaufman, who purposely strays away from reality, can write better real stuff you know yeah i agree i agree and and it, it's kind of insane um but i'm assuming that you have the breakdown for like eternal sunshine like who's in it and that kind of shit yep. so i'll let you take care of that uh, eternal sunshine directed by uh mikhail gondry he uh directed be Cri- be kind rewind oh um, no it's very a uh, little scene movie but that's the only movie with jack black in it that i've ever liked ever for some reason everybody loves jack black i, I like jack black he's know. a cool dude uh, but yeah, that was with most deaf and uh, Jack Black, Beacon Rewind, uh, director Mikhail Gondry. Uh, Charlie Kaufman is the writer of this, like we just said. Nice. Uh, the actors in here are Jim Carrey, Bow Down. Um, what's the guy, uh, Jonathan? He's talking about doing a Jim Carrey episode. Oh, Full yeah. episode. That's going to be awesome. We so. can do it. We can do a. You want a Jim Carrey episode? I'll get you a Jim Carrey you episode. You asked for it, you got it. Hell yeah. <laughs> then um, after that is Kate Winslet. Everybody will know her from Titanic. Right. Uh, Elijah Wood, you may know him from Elijah Lord Wood. of the Rings or Wilfred or no big deal. Yeah, small movie, small little movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Ruffalo, you may have seen him from uh, Spotlight, The Avengers, or you numerous have, yeah. other things. You may have also seen him as an angry green dude. Yeah, yeah, in The Avengers. Yep, there we go. Or or, or just on see his that was solo a joke movie. that I had before you said The Avengers. Oh, okay. And then, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let's let, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Hold on, hold on. Right. <laughs> um, Eli- Elijah Wood, you may know him from uh, from Lord of the Rings small or, or Wilford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Very small, small movie. movie. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't really. Yeah. You may not yeah. have seen it. Yeah. Then uh, then Mark Ruffalo. You may, uh, you may also know him as a as an angry green dude, and then from the Zodiac Killer, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, because of the Incredible Hulk. Because of the Incredible oh. Hulk. Oh. <laughs> Oh, there you go. oh shit, son! Mm, got him. 
I love bad jokes. I love them, man. Like all I do, I harass my girlfriend with bad jokes all day long, and then I, then I put my hand up for a high five, and she just stares at it. No, fuck your high five. I told her. I told her. I told her this. All right, the worst joke. Just real, real quick. We're gonna we're gonna get into this movie. I'm like, all right. A cow goes into a restaurant. He eats his food. He finishes eating his food, and then the waiter comes over and, and gives him the check. The, the The cow pays for his bill, and the waiter comes over to him. He was like, "What? No tip?" The cow stands up and pushes the waiter to the ground. Cow tipping. You know. <laughs> so I tell her that terrible joke. Then I put my hand up. I was like, "What? You don't get it? The cow just tipped him. Like cow tipping. Cow. He tipped. Cow tipped. Like no. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck out of my room. Yes. Sipping on the couch tonight, asshole." <laughs> <laughs> so yes love bad jokes love oh, they're the fucking best but yeah eternal sunshine of a spotless mind oh and the, and the last but not least is uh david cross is in here as well david cross he makes he's not a big role he's mm-hmm. a little cameo two small cameos but i appreciate mm-hmm. him hell yeah he was fucking good the uh the breakdown it says uh when their relationship turns sour a couple undergoes a procedure to have each other erased from their memories but it's only through the process of loss that they discover what they had to begin with right which is probably my favorite premise for mm. a movie. Because mm. uh, here's the thing about this movie, right? It, 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 in the Charlie Kaufman style, mm. it's very surreal. Yeah. And nothing's really explained to you about like how this procedure happened, why it's happening. Mm. Someday it's just like, oh, okay, there's a procedure that erases your memory yep. from another. Oh, 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 okay. He's getting it. Okay, she got it. Okay, what the fuck? That is that's, that's a good <laughs> parallel between uh, that and John Malkovich. Right. How you don't have to go into the science of explaining. Oh, there's a door that goes directly into John Malkovich's <laughs> yeah. head. Nope, everybody in that world just accepted it. Right. Just the same way they did in this and movie. Like, that is very to nice. the point where uh, the the people that do the procedure give out a little card to mm. everyone associated yeah. with the person that they forgot yeah. and the person that's getting their procedure that says. This person I erased John or uh, Joel. Joel. Mm-hmm. Joel Barish from his memory. Please do not ever mention their relationship again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's what's happening in this universe. Mm-hmm. I guess we're cool with that now. Yeah. Uh, and and they never, they don't spend a lot of time introducing it. They don't spend a lot of time worrying about how to m- pass it through the viewers mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter. Because yeah. that's not the that's not the point of the movie. Not uh, at all. And I and I think it's fucking genius how he manages to do that. It is because a shittier writer would spend half an hour in exposition explaining the procedure and why the procedure works. Yep. But he just goes like, nah, dude, it just works. It this works. Is what's happening. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Deal yeah. with it. Hell yeah. And, and I really, really genuinely appreciate that because he's one of the few writers that doesn't treat his audience um, like they're idiots. Yeah. He just, he, he knows that they're smart people mm-hmm. and that they can carry themselves through the plot of this movie, yeah. no matter how surreal it gets, yeah. which I appreciate so much. Oh, yeah. So sexy. You know? I mean, it. I, I seen this back in, I guess, 2005, 2006, somewhere early on in the, the early 2000s. And it was my favorite movie for years and years and years. And what's <laughs> odd is it took me today to have a different point of view on it. Really? Because all the way up until today, uh, Kate Winslet's character was a villain to me. She plays Clementine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Clementine was just like the most evil, like... And, and and also just just putting back to where I was in my life at the time, you know, being someone that was very similar to Joel. Right. You know, he had an opening line. Um, let's see, what was it? Um, but basically, he he was just like he can't he can't make eye contact with another woman, oh. you know, that he doesn't already know. And I was like, mm. yeah, it's like, why do I fall in love with everyone that pays a little bit of attention to me? Yeah. 
Or it's like, I'd be so alone if I could make eye contact with another woman or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. I feel you in that one. You know, so it's it like living that life of not being able to connect with other people, especially women and new women that I didn't know. So then when he finally found that, that woman to pay him attention and then she wasn't what he ideally wanted her to be, right. you know, then she was just completely vilified in my mind. And I just related to that in a personal way. If a woman like cheated on me or just whatever, as a 16, 17, 18, 18 year old, mm-hmm. you just immediately, this person is the devil. Right. <laughs> you you know? sort of miss all the complexities of, of the person. Because exactly. You're so caught up in what happened. Yep. Um, which I think, I think it's genius that Joel Barish has such a bland mm. um, sort of, He's he's a forgettable character. Yeah. He's bland and forgettable yep. and boring, and you don't really get anything from him except the fact that it's so easy to put yourself in his shoes. Yeah, uh, which makes the movie work. Yeah, because if Joel Barish was a confident sort of self-aware guy, he the movie wouldn't make a lot of sense because no. he just blow everything off the he, way that it happened. He would have just moved on very easily. He wouldn't right. need the procedure in the first place. But he yeah. needed sort he needed this closure. He needed this vindictiveness to happen. Yeah. Um because what happens is they break up. They don't tell you why they break up. Mm-hmm. They just break up. And and so he finds out that the she erased him from her memory mm-hmm. uh because he went to give her like a little necklace uh at work and she didn't recognize him. Yeah. She was hanging out with Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm. He was a bit of a cunt in yeah, this movie. Yes. Hell yeah he is. <laughs> Um, but he finds out that she doesn't remember him. She acted like he didn't know who, who he was. Mm-hmm. And that fucking sent him over the edge. He went back home to his friends, started ranting. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he found out that she erased him. And yeah. that's sort of when Joel Barish stops being the calm, collected Joel Barish and sort of freaks out a little. Yeah. And that's kind of like his explosion moment. That's kind of when he was like, ah, oh, fuck, she erased me. What the fuck? That fucking bitch. Yeah. And then he like confronts a doctor, and and that's kind of where things get in motion. Like the the uh, the opening is what I what I re- I really really enjoy the opening uh, today especially because it opens on Valentine's Day, yep. so it's the the day after the entire movie takes place. Right. You know the ve- the very first scene is um opening on Valentine's Day. Joel decides to go to go out instead of going to work. He and Clementine, Clementine implanted the, that impulse into their brain while they were having their memories erased. Right. You know, so then later on when uh, when you're watching the movie and you're seeing uh, Joel trying to escape having his memory erased, mm-hmm. he's going further and further into his subconscious, hiding into his childhood memories, doing anything that he can to try to keep some semblance of Clementine alive. And Clementine is doing the exact same thing as she's right. having her memory erased and subconsciously they, they implanted that impulse to both be there on Valentine's day, right. even though they've had all semblance of memory wiped from each other, yeah. you know? So that kind of brings up the question of like, are we a collection of our own thoughts or do we have like a soul that's attached, you know? Right. And I, I, I agree with that question. I saw it a little bit more self-contained mm-hmm. than that. And sort of like a broad sort of soul question. Mm-hmm. I saw it more of a like, our interpersonal relationships are so meaningful to us that when mm. we find a relationship that we really, hold on really, to it. yeah, that we really, really enjoy, even though it's destructive and sometimes mm. borderline abusive. Yeah. Um, if we want to hold on to it strongly enough, okay. whether it's subconsciously or consciously, mm. we're going to find a reason to do that. We're going to find a way to do that, mm. regardless of the pain. That's kind of like the message that I got from mm. the movie instead yeah. of like a broad question. Yeah. Um, but the beautiful thing about that movie is that it doesn't really fucking matter what you got out of it. It doesn't. Mm. Um, because that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you think about it, the true nature of love. And that's that's what I, when people ask me about what I like out of movies, I mm-hmm. like to be, I like to have my thought challenged. Mm-hmm. Challenge my thought process 
And that's what, what I got out of science fiction and why I right. was angry about The Martian because it didn't challenge me at all. Right. And um, it was listed under science fiction, but I now like it for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just different movies like that. I want to be, I want to have my intelligence challenge and just make me think about something differently than I am right now. Right. And that's something that Charlie Kaufman is doing in space. Charlie Kaufman does it so well. Because being your Markovich, mm-hmm. uh, same elements of subconsciousness and and sort of hidden thoughts and hidden desires and all that shit mm-hmm. that you would find in a Freudian psychology book. Yeah. Um, but and uh, he plays with it so, so, so well. And he focuses on one aspect of a person. So John Malkovich was about identity. Yeah. It's like, who am I? What am I? Mm-hmm. And you have to figure that out by yourself. And it, sometimes it takes something as ridiculous as becoming John Malkovich to realize what you are. Yeah. Uh, but Eternal Sunshine was about love and the nature of it. Somewhat, I feel yeah. like. I feel like maybe like accepting circumstances, maybe. Like the, the name in itself is the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Mm-hmm. So the spotless mind will be the process of erasing all of those memories. Right. And the eternal sunshine will be bliss, happiness. Yeah, the so bliss that is, comes from it. Yeah, so it's ignorance bliss. And ultimately, the answer is no. Right. You know, it being the ignorance, having all of those things taken away from you didn't bring happiness to them. And the, what, 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 what drew me to it so much is they knew what happened to them at the end of the line. Right. You know, they, they, it was destructive. They were not good for each other. But when you go back and you, th- the, the, when, when they, when they ultimately end is mm-hmm. because all of the negative things that are happening, but when they go back into the memory, they get to relive the good things that happened as right. well, that they weren't able to experience the same way because of those negative things that were blocking it. Exactly. You know, so they chose to go back into this situation, live it all the way over again and accept it, you know, regardless of. I, I have a question because you keep saying they, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm Joel and Clementine. No, no, no. I know, but I have a question. Do mm-hmm. you think that Clementine, in Joel's mind, was actually Clementine, or was a figment of Joel's? Oh no, I think she was actually Clementine. Do you think she was actually Clementine? Yeah. I think that's where the difference in our opinions lie, because mm-hmm. I think that was Joel's manifestation of Clementine. How would you explain uh, Elijah Wood's relationship with Clementine? No, no, not not in the real world. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the blue-haired Clementine that's in the movie. Oh, are you, oh, you saying the um the in when the, he was in, uh, in his, his head? I yeah. mean, they're just memories, right? You know, but there there aren't actual, there aren't actual real memories anymore. You right. know, they're an extension of him. You mm-hmm. know, so he's he's having some conversations. Like, there's one point where um, a, a car falls out of the sky, and mm-hmm. she's saying, "Hey, you better get out of here. This whole place is falling apart." You right. know, so in reality, that wasn't happening in real life. It's just an extension of her through his memory. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Because you keep saying they in their head, and I was thinking that you were talking about like. She was in his dreams too. No, 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 like, no. What the no. fuck? <laughs> no, uh, no. He okay. Here's a here's the most entertaining thing about this movie. Mm. The movie opens when him waking up on Valentine's Day after the procedure has taken mm. place, and he goes off to butt fuck nowhere and like whatever the fuck I don't know where wherever he is. the fuck uh, Montauk I think he yeah. goes over there. They meet again yeah. and they have a really, really, really nice and pleasant date. So yeah. it's essentially like they started over. Yeah, but you don't know that for the first twenty minutes. Nope. You're just saying like, oh, he met a nice lady. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And then when he's at her house, Elijah Wood shows up and it's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Because mm-hmm. it turns out Elijah Wood, after erasing Jim Carrey's mind, Joel Barish's mind, yep. has taken Joel Barish's sort of romantic identity and is trying to seduce Clementine with it, yeah. which fucks her up because she's such remembering Joel Barish. Is that, that's what that's another thing I was what I was going into as far as the uh, the soul and the collective thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, with um, what what uh, what what Elijah Wood did, he took the exact same line that uh, that Joel used, right. and then tried to use it on Clementine, and she did not react uh, positively to it. Right. You know, not at all. The ex- exact same words, exact same circumstance. You know, so but she her. 
there was something more that was drawn towards Joel as opposed to Elijah. Like Elijah eventually won her over because he, I mean, he was tricking the shit out of her, right? You know, but there was something more than those collection of thoughts that drew her to mm-hmm. Joel. I, I, I think it's the sincerity of him. That's possible. Yeah, that's very possible. I think the sincerity that came from Joel's character mm-hmm. versus Elijah Wood's character, which was bullshit, yeah. Uh, yeah, was was what made the difference in those kind of little situations, mm-hmm. which is really nice to look at in terms of a writer because like, in sort of a mo- there's not mm-hmm. really a lot that a movie can do yeah. to heighten reality if reality's not there. Yeah. Um, wow. So like what Charlie Kaufman does really well, he puts reality into your movie. And then he fucking punches you in the head with it. Yeah. And makes it sort of like some weird floaty art house reality that is still very grounded on on like the natural laws of our universe. Uh, and it, it makes the movie seem sort of science fictiony and weird and art housey, but at the same time you're so ingrained into the story that you don't really care mm. about all these weird art housey elements fucking up the movie. Because yeah. they don't, they just make it a lot better. A lot, yeah. Because he's hitting you over the head with reality. And and I think he uses that uh, that concept or that theme of hyper reality mm. to push a concept into you, and that you're not you're not even not aware. even aware. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like he's not he's lying. He's sort of. I, I read a book by Tim O'Brien called The Things They Carried, mm. and in the in the book he says sometimes you have to lie to get to the truth. Because you have to do something or exaggerate a specific notion of a story mm. to get to the actual emotion that the story caused, and that being the truth. Okay. Um, so I think that's what Charlie Kaufman does. He exaggerates a thing out of the movie, and then you know it's a lie. Yeah. But the emotional value, the emotional truth in that lie, mm-hmm. is 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 truer than anything that you're gonna read or or watch, um, because it's so mm. personal and so human. That it's hard to ignore. It's like, um, yeah, so it's, it sounds like very convoluted, but I understood yeah. that completely. What, that's what's good. in there? Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Uh, it, it, it's it's something that I enjoy in my fiction. I mm. want my fiction to not imitate reality. Yeah, I want fiction to extend reality because mm. there's shit that you can do in film that you can't do anywhere else. Sure can. So use it. Have fun with your frame. Have fun with your technicality. Have fun with your writing. Yeah. Just make sure that what you're saying is still as true as if you were representing it in a realistic way. And Charlie Kaufman wrote that perfectly, and the director nailed how that looks perfectly. His dialogue is spot on, too. <sighs> so I mean, fucking good. It's like I, I would have put him on my, my number one writer for years and years, just, yeah. but he just doesn't have enough material for me to do it. But he does everything that I want. He yeah. does everything that I want. Like Coen Brothers... Woody Allen, like they're up there, top, top, top for me. Like this guy right here would be above them both if I just had five more movies from him. Absolutely, but, I think so too. I think know, so too. Like definitely. Um, my, I want to because we've been talking about sort of like the broad meaning of the movie, mm. but I want to celebrate um, something about the movie that I thought was really fascinating, right. and it was the fact that after they meet again and they have a date and whatever, yeah, um, the movie turns into a flashback. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Everything it flashes back to three days before Valentine's mm-hmm. when they break up. And then shit just goes fucking off the rails for Jim Carrey. He yep. starts losing his goddamn mind. Yep. Uh, he finds out that he that he she erased him. Yeah. He goes to the doctor, Do confronts him, comes back a day later, erases his own memory mm-hmm. of her, says he wants a procedure done. Yeah. And the rest of the movie happens the night before he wakes up. Yep. And inside his head. Through flashback memories, just memories. So, yeah, memories. just through flashback in his head. But yeah. they feel so fluid. Yeah. There's not like okay. 
So after he goes into into bed and they're like erasing his memories, mm-hmm. we see him having this sort of weird acid trip. <laughs> yeah, thing. like he's he's conscious and he's unconscious at the same time. Right. So he's in the room, uh, basically asleep. But then he has um, Elijah Wood and Mark Ruffalo performing the procedure. Right. You know, so Elijah Wood is, is standing there talking and bragging to um, to Mark Ruffalo. It's like, yeah, you know the chick that we did um, a couple of days ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, his Clementine, uh, Kate Winslet. He was like, yeah, um, that's that was his girlfriend, you know? Right. He was like, and, um, and I'm, I, I stole a pair of her panties. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Bro? Like he said, and like he said, he's hearing what's happening in the room. Yes. And it sneaks into his subconscious mm-hmm. while he's traveling through his memories. Yeah. And because of that, there's there's sort of like a half awake, half asleep uh, aspect to his dreams. Yeah. So he's like he wants to wake up because mm. he doesn't want to erase uh, memories anymore. Yeah. But he can't do it, so he's forced to run from the deletion process yeah. throughout his memories. That's the most amazing part for me. Right. Like the a, running it, from the delete. <laughs> it's a it's a chase it's a chase sequence yeah. that lasts about forty minutes yeah. of this movie, and it never gets fucking old because mm. it's done so fucking nicely and as like what i loved about it so much is because i'm i don't want to say a negative person but it's just Mm -hmm. i I view a lot of things like that right so it's like when he's already signed up to have his memory deleted Mm -hmm. it's it's got like a car chase scene where you hope that the um your hero gets away i don't hope that and in this scenario you know that he's not going to escape this chase like he's already made the decision that this chase is going to catch up to him and it will all be gone and we're just getting to that point to and see and, and, and to see if he can hide any semblance of what he had with Clementine right. in the subconscious of his memory. So he's going from memory to memory to memory. And at one point, the um, the people that are performing the surgery on him get mm-hmm. wise to him. They re- they realize what he's doing. Right. And um, one of the guys, um, he's like, you know, I don't I don't want to damage his brain, you know, by what we're doing. <laughs> and then the other guy's like, well, this procedure is kind of brain, brain damage <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, no. What happened was that Jim Carrey asked, like, is there any risk of brain damage? <laughs> and I was like, well, technically. <laughs> procedure it's, is it's brain, brain damage, damage. Yeah. <laughs> which is it's, and it's little things like that it's yeah. like everything's in his head and mm-hmm. we keep revisiting some old memories yeah and he keeps going back to memories that were already deleted yeah and clementine keeps popping up in memories that she's not in because he wants to drag her along mm-hmm. uh, with his memories and he starts running from memories with clementine and she's and it's very trippy it's yeah. very very trippy because every scene transition it's like a it's like a small set piece. So like he's on a river with Clementine, yeah. and she gets dragged into the darkness, and he comes running for her, yeah. and suddenly, fuck, suddenly they're here, they're in another place, yeah. And it feels so fluid and so nicely that I was like, well, what the fuck's happening? How did they film this shit? Yeah. And that doesn't happen to me very often anymore. Where yeah. I like, because I know that they filmed this with cgi or i know mm. that they use practical effects yeah and i know the theory behind what they're doing but with these transitions i have no fucking idea how they did it it was i, I really loved how mm. he had to go further and further back into his childhood yeah. to, to get away from the deletion process mm-hmm. you know because it was only like a two-year period with him and clementine right. so they were like looking in that area so he went deeper and deeper to the point to where they show him at one point like hiding underneath a, uh, a table or just sitting underneath the table you know full jim carrey body but it shows the table as if Jim Carrey is a toddler you know right. it's so much larger than what he is and they have another one where him and Kate Winslet are taking a bath inside the sink you know a memory <laughs> that he would have had as a, a infant right. you know it's, it, it was just amazing but not only do they do that and they put uh, Jim Carrey's you know grown Jim Carrey into the spot of a child Jim Carrey mm-hmm. but they do that and they sort of put the feelings that the memory would have mm. into the body oh, of grown yeah. Jim Carrey. Yeah. And so what you're really getting is like 
holy shit, he's really deep into his subconscious. Because yeah. he just wants to be picked up by mom, but he's like full Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. So it like gets weird for a couple of moments when yeah. you're like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see this. Yeah. Uh, and that, and, and <laughs> my favorite part about the whole Shay stream is like at some point, Clementine or his Clementine yeah. goes like, we have to hide in your humiliation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he goes to a memory where he gets caught masturbating <laughs> to like drawings. And I... <laughs> Cause that's a, that's what that is. You point out a great point. Cause that's like hiding in memories that he himself doesn't want to bring right. back up. So if he can't find it, then they wouldn't be able to find it as well. Like it's brilliant writing. Yeah, it, it's really fucking well done. Yeah. And I'm so glad that um that there's someone that's good at that job. There's someone that's good at doing that. Yeah. Um because I, I don't know. I just feel like films are missing some charm lately. Mm. Uh and like every time I watch a movie like Eternal Sunshine or mm. like Being Jamalkovich or. Or another really good movie that we've watched uh, lately, The Godfather, that mm. kind of shit. Yeah, it it fills me with a little. It recovers a little bit of that hope of like good movies. Yes. Um, even though they're they're ten years, twenty years old. Mm. Um, but it, it fills me with a little bit of hope that someone's gonna step up to the plate and be like, all right, fuck that bullshit. Let's make good movies now. That's that's what's happening. Like in 2016, I think there might be three movies that we'll care about in ten years from now, and yep. I feel like Swiss Army Man is gonna be one of those. Oh, Swiss Army Man is gonna be definitely. You one know, of them. I've, I checked out the beginning. Well, I fell asleep. I've been tired this week, but yeah, I started to check it out, and I'm gonna finish watching this movie before the next podcast, and hopefully we can have a full episode. Yeah. But it's like what what. What what it is is it's it's so hard not to be trapped in the moment right. of all these spectacular high budget movies that are coming out and getting lost in that when there's a lot and you know it very well oh, yeah. there there are a lot of people out here making independent movies and movies that aren't attached to these IPs that we have to keep recycling over and over and over and over and over again that are e fucking phenomenal Eternal Sunshine original yeah. completely original uh john malkovich completely original swiss army man completely original the lobster like, really the lobster. original yes like you're not gonna see ideas like that you can't replicate that idea mm -hmm. you know that's the original idea but captain you know. fantastic is another one that if that's, you haven't caught mm. fucking phenomenal movie i'm watching that this week uh, they're really good i mean there's really really good movies this year yeah and i feel like it's because people are are, are doing what people like Kaufman were yeah. doing back in the early 2000s oh, yeah. where they take a concept or a moment or like a generational concept, mm. something that's really bothering this generation yeah. and they're bringing it to life. So Swiss Army Man, you know, loneliness, mental illness, mm. uh, being rejected by yeah. your peers, yeah. uh, the lobster, love, the pressures of relationship, mm. uh, uh, the fucking, what was the other movie? Captain Fantastic, yeah. the pressures of society to be normal and have a job and mm. do the things by the book yeah so like those are all concerns that are a problem for our generation yeah because they're the things that consume they're the things that don't let us sleep and f by filmmakers taking these concepts and bring them to life yeah we get a little bit more comfortable with them yes we can get past we, them. we can connect with these with these people yeah. it's, it's it's very similar to bringing it back to uh, eternal sunshine of a spotless mm -hmm. mind when jim carrey says one thing to kate winslet and she connects with it mm -hmm. because it's honest and it's real and it's coming from a genuine place and then when elijah wood says the exact same thing doesn't and work. then it does not work it's bullshit yeah. and it's like when someone makes a film like swiss army man or eternal sunshine mm -hmm. it's like someone like me or you can watch that and connect to it instantly yeah. that's real we knew it's real like as soon as you watch it you immediately see image like this might be one of my favorite movies ever like I was, Charles, like Instant. I was into Eternal Sunshine and Flood of Mind yeah. five minutes into the movie. Instant. I was like, I'm into this. I don't yep. care what happens in this movie. I am now hooked and I have to see it till the end. Yeah. There's there's yeah. something about human about human human nature, whatever it is, that we connect to truth. Right. We know truth and bullshit is just 
blaring so much that we know it smells. We yeah. know bullshit. We, <laughs> we can know. find that like a mile fucking away. <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, I, I, I do want to say that one of my favorite moments in this film, and it's, it's one line of dialogue, and it happens right at the end uh, when Clementine and... By the way, there's this whole subplot with the doctor, Mark Ruffalo, and oh, yeah. a girl named Mary. Uh, the girl named Mary... Um, fuck the doctor. Mary is played by. I, uh, I think it's uh, the girl that plays Mary Jane in Spider-Man. I didn't, I didn't write her name down. How did I, I don't think so. She, well, she Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Um, she's fantastic in this movie mm-hmm. as well, and um, I, I think it was early on in her career this movie. It was, yeah. Um, but she plays a doc, uh, a nurse mm-hmm. that works for the doctor that erases people's minds, yeah. uh, memories. Mm-hmm. And turns out you realize she's kind of had a crush on the doctor, but she's kind of fucking Mark Ruffalo on the side. She doesn't yeah. like Elijah Wood. Yeah. Uh, which I don't blame her. Yeah. And, and so there's this whole subplot of her wanting to fuck the doctor and Mark Ruffalo being kind of jealous about it, but mm. the doctor raising her memories of the, the, yeah, the, the, the doctor. Doc, the doctor is full on Bill Cosby and people out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like straight up. Like seriously, that's what I thought about him. You know, because like he's having sex with women and, and then erasing their memories so they have no memory right. of it whatsoever. And they, you know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It, it, it gets a little bit insane. Yeah. Um, but the combination of that subplot, which I thought was fucking genius, because yeah. it combines subplot and plot, and plot. into one seamless thing is mm. that when she finds out that the doctor erased her memory yeah. she sends all of the files to all of the patients yeah uh so they can remember what they once had about the person they erased yeah and clementine happens to get her file when she's with jim carrey yeah. and she plays it in the car yeah. and jim gets angry and that's kind of the climax of the movie because mm-hmm. jim starts learning all this awful stuff that clementine thought about him yeah. at one point and she, he kicks her out of the car, goes home, listens to his own file, and starts realizing that he and Clementine hated each other at yeah. one point. But then she she comes back to him for some reason. She travels over to his place by some weird compulsion, mm-hmm. and he's listening to his tape, and he's saying, it's at the point where he's saying all the hurtful shit yeah. that caused him to break up. Yep. And and they had this moment of like real honesty where they're like, you know, just you're a piece of shit sometimes and I'm going to get tired of you yeah. and I, I'm going to think that you're shitting on me and we're going to get, we're going to get paranoid and this is going to end the same way that it started. And, but there's a moment in between that where Jim Carrey just goes like, just, just wait a while. Mm. Just wait. Yeah. Cause like they know what's going to happen, but they genuinely feel like they can't be away from each other Yeah. enough. Like they, they want it to happen still. I, I walked away with a, a happy ending now. Like, like I said, for years I thought it was yeah. um, they were going to repeat that cycle, mm-hmm. you know, of not being good for each other. But I'm thinking that they might have broken this cycle this time with him be, listening to all the negative things that she had been saying about him mm-hmm. behind her his back, yeah. which she should have just been saying to him in the first place. Right. And like all the negative things that he was saying about her that he should have just been talking to her, with her. Right. And at that final, at that moment where she walks in, he's listening back to all that stuff. Yeah. They finally get to have that conversation without physically saying it to each one another out of their mouth. And that's a brilliant fucking way to end this movie. Yeah. Because the movie ends with them making up mm-hmm. and starting a new relationship yeah. while the shit from the previous relationship is playing in the fucking background. Yes. <laughs> you can see the future of their relationship yes. while they're, they're starting back. their relationship. Yeah. And at some point you're like, holy fuck. There's, there's a, I think there's a sentiment of like, honesty will make it succeed now because yeah. they're not hiding all of this shit. Exactly. And I think that's what Kaufman was trying to say with this movie. It's like, Honesty will get you to a higher place yeah. than if you didn't tell the truth. Yeah, yeah, if well. you didn't, if you weren't honest about what you want out of a relationship or what you want with a person, it'll get you 
to a better place. It will. And I think that's honestly with this movie. I mean, this movie was fucking phenomenal, dude. Yes. And like just it ended perfectly. It ended when it needed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Carrey has a sort of emotional self-discovery mm-hmm. during the dream sequence uh, at the end. Uh, there's, I know we're a little bit over time, but mm-hmm. at the end when they're at the, at the beach house mm-hmm. and the, he's in his memory and she tells him to just go because yep. he doesn't want to be in the house because he's nervous about it. It's technically breaking and entering. Yep. And she was like, so go. And she said it so disdainfully that he just yeah. left mm-hmm. in, in the memory. But in his memory, he comes back and he goes like, well, why don't you just stay, stay. this yeah. time? And I was like, oh, fuck. That's, he can totally do that. You can. He can just stay. Yeah. And I don't know. There was something like, kind of like, it's so simple and it's hard to explain because mm. it's a big, big concept. Yeah. Just like, bundle up in one line. It's like, like why don't you stay this time? Mm-hmm. And I was, I watched the movie the whole time. I was like, oh, this is really entertaining. And then that, that part came on. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then they made up and I was like, oh, fuck, that's nice. Yeah. It was a roller coaster of emotion. And I think that's a perfect fucking movie it is like it's a perfectly executed movie i mean it ends it ends like perfect for me because i mean it it satisfies everything if you wanted a happy ending Mm -hmm. then you can believe that they ended happily right if you're like a cynical person like me that don't there's no such thing as happy endings then you got that as well you know i I love open-ended endings and that's basically what you got here it's it it was fucking phenomenal and not only was it open-ended but it was open-ended with a sense of truth oh yeah uh, it's very truthful, the ending. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, this might not work, but I like you enough to try again. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. And I, I just appreciate the fact that there's someone that's good at this job and there's someone that that can write this kind of stories that we all want to read. Yeah. And, and, and I know we've been talking about Kaufman a lot, but that's because I've been thinking about Kaufman a lot. Mm. But the director for this movie did a phenomenal job, too. He did. He, did. He, was, he was pretty fucking good. Yeah. And there's some shots that were really trippy, mm. like... There's one show where he, he's in the pharmacy where Clementine worked. Okay. And then it's when he finds out that she's with Elijah. Yeah. Uh, and so, but this is the real world. He's not even in his head yet. Yeah. And he has the gift and he walks out of the pharmacy and the lights start turning off in the pharmacy yes, behind them. Yes, one by one. One by yep, one. And yep. then it's dark and he shows up and it's at his fucking house. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? That was That awesome. shot blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it, in the end, to summarize Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Mm. Phenomenally directed movie, phenomenally written movie, mm. phenomenal performances from everyone involved, mm-hmm. and phenomenal subplot, really. Oh, yeah. Even the subplot was fucking fascinating. Oh, yeah. And and just a really nice sort of surreal take on what love and relationships should be. Yeah. And everything that goes on between them. Mm. And it, I thought, it, I, I mean, it, no movie is perfect, but this is as perfect as a movie that I can think of as the, at the moment from like my couple of years of watching a lot of good movies. I mean, it's, it's, it deals with something that I still see with people on a day-to-day basis yeah. still now. And it's just face reality, yeah. whatever that reality is. Like if, if you're a dick in real life, then face it, you're a dick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. like, like Clementine, she wasn't the best human being, but face that. But she you know? knew it. And she, she owned it. And she, she, she owned that. Yeah. Jim Carrey is like, he face who you are, that mm-hmm. you're, you're not, you don't have that most self-confidence. You're not able to look women in the eye, realize who you are, and then bring that to Clementine. Right. Clementine, realize who you are, bring that to him. And at the end, we got that. And that's yeah. why I enjoyed it so Wasn't much. Wasn't that interesting too at the end? We mm-hmm. feel like both characters really changed. They both, exactly. They both yeah. changed. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
And, and I think Jim Carrey found a little bit of that self-confidence that he was lacking at the beginning of the relationship. Yeah. And, and Clementine got the little bit of connection that she needed. The, the, the biggest line for me that showed his insecurity when they were going back through his memory mm-hmm. and Clementine is talking to him. She was like, in your warming mind, you're wondering, did she fuck somebody tonight? And he was like, no, I assumed you fucked somebody. That's how you get people to like you. Right. And, yeah. you know, and the insecurity there is that the only reason that you fucked me is to get me to like you. Right. You know, so that's insecurity with himself that he's projecting onto her. And it's just it hit so hard. It's yeah. like he was dissing her. But in reality, he was showing more about what he is. How right. Insecure he is. And that's usually the way it goes in these kind of fights. Yeah. Uh, the, the, hard, the most hard hitting moment for me in the film was when. Uh, when he said, I, I just, just wait a while. Mm. And then there was just like an awkward pause between them yeah. before he just started talking. That was for me the most hard hitting moment. Cause it's kind of, it's the moment where you want to say something. You're not sure if you should say it. Yeah. And then you think about it and you're like, ah, fuck it. And then you say it. Mm. Uh, for me, it was a very human moment yeah. and just kind of like living in that awkwardness. And I just fucking loved it. Yeah. yeah. Um, apart from that, I mean, it really is a phenomenal movie that everyone should watch. Definitely. I think you should, if you like, good movies mm-hmm. watch eternal sunshine it's Hell yeah. fucking phenomenal please 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 it's so good yeah it's re- it's really fucking good closing words watch that shit hell yeah <laughs> watch that fucking movie and uh also jim carrey surprisingly good drama dramatic actor as well oh yeah. wait 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 till jonathan gets up in here oh yeah <laughs> and oh and also the humor is fucking fantastic in this movie it is yeah it's very good humor very oh, yeah. good drama all in ones just watch this fucking movie. Please yeah. watch this fucking movie. Yes, yes. And we'll give hit you with some music and we will be back. Yeah. I'll the Terminator. I'll be back. Nope. That was a horrible nope. Terminator nope. impression. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> every t- every every Arnold Schwarzenegger impression turns into like <laughs> It's like Jerry Sonfield. It's like none of them are accurate. It's like none. None of them. What's the deal with the answering <laughs> machines? I was like, I don't sound like that. No, he doesn't. No. I wonder how tired he gets of that shit. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this week in TV premieres from August the 9th through August the 15th. Uh, first, we have Tuesday, August the 9th is going to be Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. Why Har- does that sound familiar? Hard Knocks is a uh, football training camp. So basically, they show a football team in their mm-hmm. training camp leading into the actual football season. Okay. And usually, you just see like a bunch of fights and people getting fired from their job and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, lots of testosterone. Good like, reality All telling. in one room. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Uh, but the, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's going to be featuring the, uh, the LA Rams this year. Okay. Uh, the Rams were in St. Louis. Then their team got bought out, and now they're in Los Angeles. So. Huh. They're hoping a change of scenery is going to help them uh, win some football games. And let me tell you right now, it's mm-hmm. not. <laughs> so any Los Angeles Rams fans, get at me. But, um, but yeah, that's uh, Tuesday, August the 9th, Hard Knocks, premiering on HBO at 10 p.m. Okay. Uh, the next show is going to be Thursday, August the 11th, Take My Wife. That's the name of the show. Uh, it's a right co- to the fucking point. Here, yep. just take, take my, my wife. Take my wife, please. So like wife swap, <laughs> some shit like wife swap. I'm thinking it's gonna. Well, I can. I'm gonna read it here, but uh, <laughs> immediately I thought it was uh, like the a comedy thing. Well, it says comedy too, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, like the old joke. Somebody was like, um, for instance, take my wife. Like, uh, yeah, so and so can't cook there that well. Take my wife. No, <laughs> please take her. <laughs> you know, like they do that. But yeah, um, it's called Take My Wife. It's a comedy on Sesso. Uh, uh, Sesso originally stars real-life comedian couple Cameron Esposito and Ray Butcher <laughs> playing versions of themselves. Guests include Paul F. Tompkins and Maria Bamford. 
Have you realized yes. that a lot of comedians are starting to do the Mark Maron, Louis C.K. thing where they play themselves in their own comedy lives? Mm. It's been coming up a lot. Yeah. Lately. I mean, I've been seeing it a lot, a lot, but yeah. even before them, I feel like a whole lot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. But that's like the next step. You know, Amy Schumer, like any comedian, is like mm. you start off on your stand up and then you finally get a TV show mm-hmm. and then from there, but yeah. They're they're doing it. Yeah, the, the, shout out to them. It's just so hard to keep that track of like keeping the comedian version of yourself versus the version of yourself that's not a comedian separate. Mm. It's usually what makes or break those shows. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. They, uh, the next show is Maria be- Bamford. Shout out to Maria Bamford. Hell yeah, Maria Bamford. <laughs> like anything that I see her on, I'm signed up all the time. Yeah, she's funny. The uh, the next thing is going to be Friday, August the twelfth. The Get Down. The Get Down. It's a drama musical. Sounds like a bad drug. <laughs> hey, you uh, want some get down? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, it's a good. Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's August the 12th. The Get Down, a drama musical, is a series set in New York during the 1970s and traces the rise of hip hop, punk, and disco. Oh, so seen- I was half right. Oh, bad drug. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. As seen through the eyes of a group of youngsters in the South Bronx. Okay. I would have loved to have grown up in the uh, the 70s to where just being able to experience like the burgeoning era of hip hop that was going to hit in the 80s to get to see the punk uh, revolution, you know, to where it's just like, no, we're not taking no kind of bullshit. Fuck the establishment. Fuck everybody. The grunge kind of. I fucking, mean, before grunge, before yeah. before the 90s of um, of Nirvana. Right, grunge type stuff. 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the punk, you know, it was just like you, you can wear your nail polish. You can wear long hair. You can do whatever the fuck that you want to do. ACDC, like all that shit. Super, super hard into that. Yeah. Um, And then then you had like the the flip side of that disco, which mm-hmm. was the complete opposite of it. It was so poppy and happy and, you know, just sing, sing songy. And I enjoy all three of those genres now, you know, but it just would have been so weird to live in it to where the hip hop people are that punk music. That is bullshit. People are over there being <laughs> gay and doing this. Like that's how they're thinking of it, right. you know, to themselves with punk music and disco is just like, they're looking at people with, uh, very low intelligence and you know doesn't know any better. You got the you got the fucking hip hop singing their own the rapping and the BGs going like and you can tell by the way I move my walk I'm a woman's man. And you got the punks going like oh my god fuck all these faggots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's so. I mean, I would have loved to see, to have grown up on it, but that's on Netflix. It's going to be on Netflix Friday, August the twelfth. It's called The Get Down. Nice. So it looks like it's going to have a little something for everybody. So uh, that should be fun. Actually, that should be a lot of fun. I, I think it's going to be big. I think it's going to be big. I but, really. Um, it turns out that I really, really enjoy period pieces that are from the eighties, seventies, oh. and nineties. Okay. Of like, like I've been watching Stranger Things lately. Mm-hmm fucking love stranger things yep and it i don't love it because the story's original mm. or it's because it's particularly well written okay i love it because, because they the nailed what it's like to be in the 80s like i wasn't in the i 80s. was like what yeah, <laughs> i wasn't in the 80s but they nailed what you think it would have been like i guess yeah yeah well okay that's what i'm saying like yeah. from everything that i've seen from other culture that i've absorbed from yeah. the 80s living in the 80s would have felt like that <laughs> okay yeah I, yeah I I can get behind that because yeah. like i wasn't around for the 70s but it's like so watching a show that i feel like would be authentic to the 70s right. yeah i can and so yeah. like i really enjoy those those like little time period pieces that yeah. are really really nice the technology is 80 yeah the dialogue is 80 the pop culture that they're using is very 80 yeah and like that kind of authenticity doesn't come around very often in period pieces the only the only knock i had on that 80s thing is that yeah. nobody said no duh 
like that's like the the i was born in 84 so like 89 90 91 like all that stuff no duh no duh sherlock like (laughs) you know like that that was like 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 preteens yeah totally said that at some point yes um all right so that's um that's the get down a drama musical set for netflix on friday august the 12th uh next is going to be sunday august the 14th 50 years of star trek 50 that should be fun I I have a regret. I have what, a regret. What's your regret? All right. Um, I, I was at the uh, the photo shoot, mm-hmm. and a uh, the the guy, the client, his name is Graham. Mm-hmm. A tremendous guy, very very nice guy. Right. And uh, shout we, out to you, Graham. Oh yeah. We were we were sitting there just uh, making small talk, and then he was asking me, he was like, uh, "So what do you do?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm in um I'm in school for this, this, and this, and I've done this, this." And he was like, "All right. Uh, what what else are you doing?" So then I mentioned like, "Yeah, I do the podcast." He's mm-hmm. like, "What's the podcast on?" And then he asked me specifically, "What genre do I prefer?" Right. And I said science fiction, of course. And we were there on like a science fiction photo shoot. Right. It was oh good. So you so you you talk about those type of things on your podcast? I'm like, yeah, we every single every every week yeah. we talk about stuff like that. So it was like, all right, well, um, uh, how Star Trek the movie? And I was like, I haven't seen it. Right. I was like, he was like, I said, have you seen it? He was like, no, I've been too busy doing all of this that we're <laughs> doing, you know. And I was thinking about it because I'm like, that's what he's spending all of his time doing right there. Mm-hmm. And in his mind, what I spent all my time doing would have been movie. watching the movies. Right. And then the one time that he asked me about something and I have no information it. on it at all. <laughs> I fucking hate that feeling. Yeah, it would be like me asking him about his book. And they'd be like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know. I haven't read it. <laughs> I haven't read my bone book. Yes. That's how I felt. As if I asked him about his book and he told me that he hasn't read it's it yet. It's the worst fucking feeling. Because like, when you tell people you're a film fan, they always yeah. ask for the one movie that they want to watch. Yes. It's like, it came out two days ago. Have you seen Have it? Have you it's seen like, it yet? I'm, no, I'm as busy as you, motherfucker. I'm busy too. <laughs> I'm fucking busy. <laughs> Oh, God. Start crying. It's okay, buddy. No. It's okay. Well, yeah. By the way, I did see the movie, yeah. and it's okay. All right. It, those movies don't get any better than okay. I like the yeah. first one. I like the first Star Trek. Uh, here's just, I don't like I don't like Chris Chris uh, Chris, Chris Pine Chris Pine. I don't like it. You know, I like them in this movie. I I had to I discussed with somebody today because mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to you how can you get to a point of creativity to where people will see your shit no matter what because mm-hmm. I'm not like that with. Well, to, I'm talking to pay to see your shit no matter mm-hmm. what, you know, because my loyalty is really based on whether something is good or bad. Right. And I had a friend, um, Darian Stretch. He's seen mm-hmm. Suicide Squad uh, yeah. yesterday. I and, enjoyed the shit. We'll talk about Suicide Squad once you do the mm-hmm. premieres a little bit yeah. more in detail. Yeah. But sorry, go on. Yeah, he's seen Suicide Squad yesterday. Mm-hmm. So he's had three days to read reviews, like right. terrible, glowingly terrible reviews. So fucking angry and then reviews. And, and then he went to go see the movie anyway. Yeah. You know, and then he came back and it was like the reviews were kind of spot on, but it was a very fun movie. It was entertaining. That's exactly what that movie is. It's just fucking fun. I mean, I don't want that. I yeah. mean, it's not. I mean, you know, I want a movie that made me think and challenge me. Right. And it's, yeah. it, so I'm like, I wouldn't pay to see that movie. Right. But, but what I'm saying is, is where how can you, can you get to a point creatively to where people are going to spend their hard-earned money even when they don't have very much of it right e- and no matter what anybody says about it like right. how can you get to that point i think i think that that point is different for for each person for each specific. demographic mm, okay so like if you're going for the comic book fans you got to do something different if you're going for mm. the science fiction fans you're going to do a little something different mm. in terms of creativity yeah uh the only problem but i'm saying even before it comes out you know what i'm saying because right. no one had seen suicide squad and they was like they wanted to see it six months ago mm. then three days ago it's like nope this movie is trash I'm like i don't care yeah. what you say i'm giving them my money Right, and here's the thing: the, the loyalty is a weird thing. Yeah. Fans are a weird thing mm. because 
those movies specifically have uh, source material, mm. right? Mm. So people that are fans of the source material will go see the movie because source they want to see how their source material was presented in the movie. Uh, so those people will pay for that movie because they've loved the source material. The source material. Same thing with with Star Trek. I would with guess Star like Trek. yeah, I've seen all of Star Trek Next Generation and all that, so I'm right. going to go see this next crappy Star Trek movie. <laughs> like exactly. no matter what, yeah. Because people <laughs> like IPs, people mm. like franchises, people yeah. like rec- having a familiar character. Mm. People like that. Yeah. So even if like the first two movies aren't that great, they'll give the third movie a chance because hey, it's Star Trek. That is insane. So I mean, yeah. I guess the the basic is the basis is have your own background of source material. Yeah. That's why remakes are so popular because yeah. people will go pay to see a remake. Yeah. Because they want to know how badly they fucked it up or how, or how well good they it did is. it. Yeah. There's not. They're not interested in the actual plot of the movie. Yeah. Some people don't even know what the fuck the plot of the remake is. Yeah. Other than that, just like, oh, they're making RoboCop. I gotta go see RoboCop. See how they fucked it up. I guess it would be like, uh, it would be if in five months from now, we'll be like, yeah, we're having a live recording of For Film's Sake. Right. And then it's, it's gonna be held on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then on Saturday, everybody was like, yo, that shit sucked. It was the wackest thing ever. And then all the listeners would be like, oh, I've been listening to it for a year. Like, <laughs> I, I know that it's not bad. Like, what do you mean? I'm still gonna give them my money and go there. Then they Sorry. get there, be like, no, that shit did suck, bro. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. They have uh, the source yeah. material. Fan are weird you know source material is very important for that kind of movie but if you notice uh swiss army man Mm -hmm. didn't have that the reviews were good good, though the reviews were well yeah but it didn't have a source material it didn't have anything before it it came out and they advertised it and they went specific they knew exactly who they were going to target for their marketing and they knew exactly what they were doing with that and they made really good money and really good reviews based on that they really did because it didn't have anything it built it up from scratch yeah uh so like Movies like Suicide Squad get really bad reviews mm. because the source material is so in-depth and yeah. it's been building up for decades. Yeah. You condense that in two hours. Yep. So that fucks it. It's going against it. But anyway, yeah. let's finish the, the yeah. things and then I'll talk more about Suicide Squad because I got some shit to say about Suicide oh, Squad. God. Yeah. No. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sunday, August the 14th, uh, Geeking Out. It's going to be a talk show on AMC at 11 p.m. I'm looking forward to this show because it's a pop culture show. A pop culture talk show hosted by Kevin Smith. It's kind of like it's kind of what we do, but Kevin Smith. <laughs> to, to an extent, yeah. yeah. So it's like not anything specific on each episode he won't be doing, but yeah. it's just pop culture in general. He deserves that shit. He's got so many podcasts about so much shit. Yeah. He deserves his own fucking geeking out television show. Give, exactly. And he's such a good speaker. Yeah, he is. Like I could listen to Kevin Smith tell me the story about how one day he took a really big shit. Mm. And I'd be like ingrained into the fucking story. He's really good. My favorite story from him is uh, when he talked about uh, his father dying screaming. And yeah. it's like, you all, we all die screaming. You you die screaming. Yep. But anyway, um, but that's it for uh, television premieres, August the 9th through August the 15th. That last one, check that one out. Sunday, August the 14th, Geeking Out on AMC, 11 p.m., Kevin Smith. Side note, if you're into filmmaking and you really like Kevin Smith, he has a book called Tough Shit. Mm. where he goes through the whole life cycle of his film career. Mm. Really good book. Okay. Hell yeah. Uh, and movie premieres. Uh, first movie is going to be Pete's Dragon. It's a, a PG movie, 102-minute runtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rundown on is The Adventures of an Orphaned Boy Named Pete and His Best Friend Elliot. Who, oh, I know this movie. Yep. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Who just happens to be a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. really seems like a very cute, harmless movie. It does seem, cute. It yeah. does seem really cute. As a PG movie, a 102-minute runtime, uh, starring Bryce Dallas Howard, who's finally going to be getting paid for, for her work. She was in a movie, uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie called, 
what was the woods uh, eventually? The village, I guess, the village, or yeah. the village? Yeah, uh, Dallas uh, Dallas Bryce Howard is uh, Ron. Oh, Howard's. is she the main lady? Yeah, and she she got paid shit. She got paid. She so got paid little. nothing. But, but she, it's, it's okay because it, it was Reaver Phoenix. It was in the fucking lead. Yeah. It's, it's not okay. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I'm actually writing up. Anyway, yeah. the uh, but um, <laughs> Bryce Bryce Dallas Howard. That's uh, the daughter of Ron Howard. She's gonna be the star in this one, and she'll be paid very well. That's good. She's yes. she's a servant. She's pretty good. Hell yeah. And uh, Robert Redford's in this as well. Robert Redford. Hell yeah. That's a name I haven't yeah. seen on the screen in a while. Yeah, it's voice acting. Yeah. Oh, it's voice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next thing is going to be, uh, well, I mean, that's that's Pete's Dragon, PG, 102-minute runtime. Check that out this weekend. Uh, the next thing is going to be Florence Foster Jenkins. That's a PG-13 movie. It's a 110-minute runtime. It reminds me of the movies from uh, the 90s, like um, with with a Hugh, what's, what's the guy? I guess he's, he's probably in this one. Hugh, Hugh Grant. Hugh, Hugh Grant. Grant, Jennifer. The romantic um, comedy. Yeah, the, yeah the, all the romantic yeah, comedies yeah. from Hugh Grant. So, I mean, this is just another installment of that. Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins, 110 minutes. The story of Florence Foster Jenkins, a New York heiress whose dream of becoming an opera singer despite having a terrible singing voice. Okay. <laughs> Hugh Grant is the one actor that mm-hmm. if I see in a movie, mm-hmm. I don't see it. Well, it just like that, I just, just like that. It. It's like, oh, Hugh Grant's in that. Nope. There was one good movie. He had <laughs> one good movie with Hugh, uh, Hugh, uh, Hugh Grant, uh, Cameron Diaz, Julia Roberts, some, right. some, somebody call in. Can we get one of the listeners to call in <laughs> and give me? They, they sing this song, The Moment I Wake Up. That song, I, I put on all my makeup. I say a little prayer for you. Like they do a whole thing. A whole bit. Some, well, we'll get somebody to call in or you'll send us an email, Twitter, you do something. Yeah, and let comment us know on that, that shit and say you remember the movie. But yeah, Hugh yeah. Grant, if I see him, it's like, it's like this summer, Hugh Grant learns how to fall in love. Nope. It's like, no. Hard pass. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's florence foster jenkins but you know this has Mer- meryl streep in it it has oh, meryl streep although she hasn't had the best uh movie selection like choices uh, as of just, recent it's a patient but movie it, yeah it's michael kane's jaws she's yeah. older she can do whatever she wants yeah. to just like uh your boy uh, robert de niro he's older just do whatever the fuck it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then last but not least the uh the one movie that i definitely will be seeing is yes. sausage party yes sausage party so fucking funny it's like number one the name of the movie you're not taking yourself serious number yeah. one number two when you're gonna give me something like that please god please make it rated r Dude. deadpool yes you were rated r you don't like when you make a movie like that give it to me the right way right. sausage party rated r right. third thing is 89 minute runtime. get me in and get me out yeah, i don't need to be so- in a theater freezing my ass off for two hours for no movie no more right. none none the thing about this movie is, I, I like it. No, it's actually, no, it's exactly what it is. It yep. knows how to do it. Yes, it knows the tone it was going for, yep. and it's just going to make you laugh. Yeah, That's it. it's yes. just like very simple to the point. Yep. A uh, the the rundown on it is: a sausage strives to discover the truth about his existence. A sausage strives to discover the truth about his existence. Oh my God! They're eating children. Yes. Fucking children. Starring Seth Rogen, Kristen Wiig, and Jonah Hill. He had an interview on uh, Jimmy Fallon about how he wanted to capture, you know how car, uh, like Pixar does the secret life of cars, the mm. secret life of toys and whatever? Yeah. He wanted us like, what about the secret life of food? Like, that's mm. terrifying. Yeah. Because we eat them. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> so I'm excited for it. And he says, Seth Rogen, I didn't take him seriously. Mm right until the interview happened and then i was like okay dude's fucking funny oh whoa all right <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah dude's fucking funny yes um anyway okay so i want to say something about suicide suicide squad first mm. and we're gonna go a little over time oh god um but i'm tired of the cynicism that comes from 
mainstream moviegoers. I'm tired of it. What do you mean by mainstream? Uh, like people that are not looking out for Woody Allen movies or Lobsters mm. or Swiss Army Man movies. Yeah. Uh, the people that go in there to like watch Avengers, watch uh, fucking Jason Bourne or yeah. London Has Fallen, those kind of people. Yeah. Um, which sounds shitty, but you know we're film students. We have to watch all that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, so like those kind of people, so I'm tired of the cynicism mm. that comes with them watching a movie. Okay. That um, because it feels like whenever they watch an Avengers movie and they're a bit of a nerd about the source material, mm -hmm. they immediately gonna go to the movie thinking that they're gonna fuck something up. Okay. They're gonna like they're gonna fuck up a character. Mm -hmm. They're gonna fuck up a story arc. They're mm -hmm. not gonna give enough attention to something. Yeah. And it just fucking gets on my tits. It just fucking makes me angry. Mm. Because what that does for, for for example, Suicide Squad. People have watched sort of the Joker and Harley Quinn grew up as characters from mm. like the moment they were spawned, yeah. has sh have shit on this movie because Joker isn't the Joker that they know mm. because this Joker is a lot more gangster, a lot more swagger okay. in terms of his, like how it's portrayed mm. um, because it's, it's an, it's an adaptation of the times, you know, like Heath Ledger's Joker was a little bit more psychopathic. That mm. was a director's vision. David Ayer decided to have a little bit more fun with the character mm. and making him a psychotic gangster. Mm. That's really all the Joker is. But I, you see people going like, oh, Harley Quinn, Joker's abusive to me. It's like, eh. it's like d dude, have you read the comics? Mm. Been a, it's an abusive relationship. Yeah. You don't have, you're not supposed to like it. What the fuck? They're not going to change it mm. because you're like pissed that Harley Quinn's getting like abused by the Joker. Yeah. That's the fucking relationship. Mm. <laughs> and, and it's like, I just keep hearing about like how the movie was trash. The movie didn't do justice to the characters mm. and all that kind of shit. And like, that might as well be true. Mm. But when you walk in with that kind of cynicism to a movie, yeah. the movie's going to be bad because <laughs> you're not sort of letting it exist in its own little pocket. Mm. It's like we can we have so many Marvel movies. We have so many Spider-Man movies. Yeah. They all exist in their little pocket of, of cinema. Right. The Sam Raimi movies. I don't, like that they, I don't like that they do, though. I don't like, I mean, because I, I feel like if a movie is good, then it's good compared to The Godfather. Not right. because it's good, because it's better than the other shitty movies. No, no I don't mean, I don't mean like in, like in their, in, they're not, to other movies that are not that movie. Mm. But like, I mean, like they're in their own pocket universe. Like, this is what happened in this version of Spider-Man. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is what happened in this version of Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of movies that do that. Mm. And people don't shit on them because they just. There's no source material behind it, though. Uh, Spider-Man has a bunch of source material. Spider-Man was done well. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, early on it was. Uh, well, now, because they fucked it, because they tried it's to change the source fucked. material. Now it's fucked. What yeah. happened with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man is like, hey, guess what? Mm. We read the source material. Yeah. We get it. We're not doing it. Yeah. We're not doing it. We're doing our Spider-Man. Yes. We're doing our Spider-Man. And they did that with Fantastic Four. And they fucked that one up. That's a different <laughs> That's what I'm story. saying. It's, it's all um, the people. It's, it's hit and miss. But mm. David Ayer took the Suicide Squad storyline. And I don't know a lot about the Suicide Squad storyline. Mm. Um, but he took the storyline and he said, I want to make this my version of the Suicide Squad storyline. This sure. is my vision. Yeah. This is my aesthetic. Mm. And this is what these characters look like to me or what they should look like to me. Yeah. And people walk in with this like overly cynical sort of like, oh, they fucked up the characters. Mm. That shit doesn't do this. That shit doesn't do that. Mm. Uh, fucking Harley Quinn doesn't do this. Harley Quinn doesn't do that. Mm. It's like, we fucking get it. We get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We get the source material. It's way different than what he's trying to do. He's trying to come up with a more lighthearted yeah. version of the source material because it's very gritty and it's a long series. He's got to condense all that shit for two hours. Yeah. There's no way you're going to get what you want. 
And people are giving the movie bad reviews based on this sort of cynicism. Not, I don't think on that alone. Because, I mean, I thought when people were saying that the movie was getting bad reviews from mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes, then I was like, is it just like Rotten Tomatoes like has like a beef with this movie specifically? So then I went on to read, and I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a dick by bringing like all the bad reviews. Right. But like, well, this is what the Washington Times says. This is yeah. what the New York Times. Like, a lot of places are saying this is a, a lot great of bad movie. reviews. But, but And I don't think it's coming from just the one like cynical people that are into the source material. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it's just a very well put together movie here's the thing i would agree because i know it's not a perfect movie Mm. like i wouldn't give that movie higher than a 70 or 60 Mm. percent on rotten tomatoes right but uh when 26 when okay when critics have the movie 26 percent and audiences are giving the movie 74 percent that's a huge disparity i think the audience are dumb though i think the general i think general population is dumb yeah, I agree too. <laughs> you know, like honestly, but when a movie, when that disparity happens yeah. and that sort of disagreement happens, I think that there's something that the audience is seeing that the critics are missing. Definitely, definitely. I, I don't really trust critics uh, a lot because okay. um, they're a little bit snobby yes. in, in how they in how they do the reviews. One hundred percent. So like, yeah, Suicide Squad, not a perfect movie. Yeah. I mean, by any means, it's not even like a great movie. Yeah. But it's a really fun movie. I mean, it's it'll be kind of like how there's a rapper named Little B mm-hmm. who's not a good rapper, but right. he's very entertaining and fun. You right. know, so if he was to be rated, then you can't put him beside Jay-Z. Right. You know, but like, no, but this is his own thing. You know, so I like Little B and I respect Little B, but I'm not going to bring him up as far as good rappers. Right. You know, so like Suicide Squad is like is looking like one of those movies that, you know, it's, it's hard for me. I'm, I, I don't, it's going to be a cold classic. It's a movie that's going to be a cold classic. Is, is um, good enough to be a cult classic? Uh, I think it's I think it's good enough to be a cult classic in the sense that the characters are a lot of fun to be with mm. while you're in that movie. The plot is a bit shit. The villain's a bit shit. Mm. But Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and um, the El Diablo, mm. uh, the Mexican guy in the movie, and Ethan Hawke, and not Ethan Hawke, the soldier in the movie, mm. they're really, really, really fun characters to be with. So, like, while I agree the movie has some issues, technicality, writing-wise, it wasn't directed particularly flashily, mm. but the aesthetics are so much fun, and the action is so much fun, and the, the sort of the character interactions are so much fun, mm. that it comes out as a fun, entertaining movie. Yeah. And that's what David Ayer wanted. He didn't want to make uh, fucking Avengers 1. Yeah. He wanted to make a fun version of Suicide Squad. Yeah. And when you... I don't know. It, it, just, it just annoys me that people are knocking it down... Because it's not trying to be... They can't Avengers. accept it for what it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun, stupid, entertaining movie mm. about villains being heroes because they're forced to. Yeah. You, you can't take it as seriously as you want to take it. Yeah. And that's my problem. People take films way too seriously or they give the wrong level of seriousness to the movie. Yeah. Avengers, dramatic, political red tape, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like, nah, not doing that. Let's just have fun with it. There's, that's what I was always yeah. telling someone that today about um, not becoming a snob. Right. You know, because, I mean, it's like, I can, you can sit there, we can watch all the Criterion movies ever, mm-hmm. you know, but then if, you, if we ever get to a point to where we're too good to watch um, we're the Millers, right. you know, or or Trainwreck or Suicide Squad. Like I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen Suicide Squad yet, so I mean, I just I just don't know. It's like I don't I don't ever want to get to a point to where I can only watch The Godfather or right. only watch a certain kind of movie. And mm-hmm. from what it sounds like, it doesn't sound like uh, Suicide Squad was trying to be The Godfather no. or was trying to be anything else other than a fun movie. It was trying to be Suicide Squad. It yeah. wanted to bring cuz it doesn't even exist in the in the DC sort of universe. Mm. 
except from Batman going like, all right, I need superheroes at the end of the movie. Like the like in yeah. in, De- in Deadpool is like how when you look at that is mm-hmm. you see what it was trying to be and it was trying to be itself, but it was also a very well put together movie. Right. You know, like the sequences, it was mm-hmm. shot out of sequence and everything was put together very, 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 very well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, outside of the fact that I don't give two shits about Deadpool or yeah. most most uh, comic characters that are brought to life anymore as a movie. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, I don't care about Harley Quinn. I don't even know who Will Smith plays in the movie. Like, I don't don't follow DC. Know nothing about DC and don't care about it either. Right. So it's, I will have to go in there and see a movie that I've already heard is bad and not care about the characters characters. involved. (laughs) But here's the thing. I don't follow DC too strongly either. I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent about Marvel versus DC. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun with the characters. That's, they were a lot of fun. I've, I've, I haven't yeah. heard, I haven't had one person come back from seeing that movie and said it was not a fun movie. Right. Not it's one person. It's a lot of fun. Not one person. Everybody that walked out of the movie said they were entertained and mm-hmm. it was fun. And, and and if you're a director and that's what you set out to do, then he, it's go. a good fucking movie. Go. If that's what you set out to do, it's a good fucking movie. It's a um, fun movie. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It, 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 if the director wanted to make a fun, entertaining movie and not care about a bunch of the other stuff. Yeah. He made a fun, entertaining movie. Yeah. He succeeded. Sure. It's a, in his eyes. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's my rant. Stop being so fucking cynical and enjoy a fucking movie. <laughs> God damn it. I can't talk with anyone without someone going like, and actually, Spider-Man didn't have organic web shooters until like 2000. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I get it. I know. Okay? I fucking get it. Yeah, Harley Quinn is fucking crazy. Joker's not a gangster. Yep. He doesn't have fa- he doesn't have face tattoos. Mm-hmm. And Will Smith is not fucking dead shot. I mm-hmm. fucking get it. Yep. Okay? Enjoy the fucking movie, mm. you cynical fucks. I'm done. Can I can I get a black Spider Man now? Like while you're in the I rap- want a black Spider Man. Yes. I want a black Spider Man too. Yes. Uh or, or or any Hispanic um superhero at all. There was one in Suicide Squad. Are you serious? Suicide Squad is the most diverse superhero movie that's come out in the last two years yeah. and no one's given it credit. No one's given it I've fucking heard, credit. I've heard nothing about you know the who diversity the cast for cast. Superman is? It's it's white girl, white woman? White girl, black white man. dude, black man, hit Mexican dude. And black woman that plays a huge lead in the fucking movie. The black woman is the reason the movie fucking happens. Nice. And no one's giving it fucking credit for being diverse in an age where we got like Steve Rogers, the Aryan fucking wet dream playing fucking Captain America all the goddamn time. But no, so it's a bad movie. You know, know, and and it might be bad. But what I do want to point out is that I think we get hung up so much on the negative of something that we can't pull out the things that were good. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's what people have been harping on so much about this movie. And I'm going to be seeing it, you know, but it's just like all I've heard is negative. Yeah. So and, and I've said this on the last podcast to mm-hmm. where I believe there's treasure in every trash. The broken clocks yeah. right twice a day. There's something. So I'm going to watch Suicide Squad and I bet you there's something in there. Yeah, I bet there's you there's something. something in there. But you won't know that from the reviews. No, you, you won't, won't find out. Because that, people <laughs> are like, movie sucks. Movie fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, diversity? Oh, actually, yeah, they had that, but but the yeah. movie did suck. Uh, but what about like entertainment factor? Like, were you glued to it? Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Well, I did like watching. I was I was watching the movie, but it sucked. Besides that, did you have a good time at the movie theater? I mean, yeah, hell yeah, I had a good time. Like, I didn't have to look down on my phone not once. But the movie sucked though. Like, what? You know, what like, what the fuck do you want from a, those, from a movie? I mean, I mean, it, you, you want other things, but it's just yeah. like I, I still. It's just odd that you, they can't highlight any of the positive at so all. Dumb. Like none of the positive. So dumb. <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm done. Just enjoy a fucking movie every once in a while. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Fucking goddamn it. I'm done. <laughs> good episode, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was good. We went like 50 minutes over time. So thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Uh, you can, we're, we're clocking out. You can find us on the iTunes podcast app. Yup. Google Play Music. Yup. And uh, SoundCloud as well as Twitter. Yup. 
under the handle at underscore FFS podcast. Yo. Uh, anything that you can find us in, just Google for film sake podcast mm-hmm. and you'll find us in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much it. We're on a bunch of shit. We hit three milestones this last week. Let's hear it. Uh, first episode, 105 listens. We went over 100 listens on one episode. Good job. And the last three episodes have consistently been over 20 mm. listens uh, every after every upload. Nice. So we're slowly growing there. And I really want to thank all of you for the support. I mean, it's incredible. I want to give individual yeah. shout outs to uh, Sour Bottom 18. Yep. Uh, thank you for, for uh, your consistent listens. Um, I want to give another Mama? shout out. Margarita Mommy 45. <laughs> like she's she's an avid listener. So And yeah. Matthew McConaughey as and well. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew, How can I mean, we forget about Matt? We have a Good lot. Of listeners and i mean yeah yeah so glad for so that. genuinely guys thank you for all the support i mean yes. we love doing the podcast and it's the only thing that that keeps us sane at this point at the end of the week so right because uh, <laughs> where, where else would i complain about a dude masturbating in my backyard that really happened in real park? life that fucking <laughs> happened to me what the fuck <laughs> you opened the podcast with that that was the lead <laughs> that was the lead that's amazing that is amazing. Ah. I'll always remember this as the episode where the guy jacked off in front of your, your, <laughs> your kitchen. Uh, so genuinely, I mean, I'm a little overwhelmed with how well uh, people are receiving the podcast. Oh, yeah. It, it's happy. It makes me happy. What do you do when someone uh, says something to you about the podcast like in real life? I, I, I say, oh, shit, thank you for listening. And then I reply with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. The people call me out and shit all the time. Mm-hmm. They never they, they never go like, hey, I like your analysis of like science fiction. Mm-hmm. They're like, so why don't you plan your day? It's like, because I don't give a <laughs> fuck. That's why I don't plan my goddamn day. It's the same thing. It's the same thing about the Suicide Squad. They're not going to be like, oh, I really like your analysis on the witch. Like, you broke the witch down so well and blah, 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 blah. Like, the 90% of the stuff that they did like because that's the reason they're listening because of the stuff they like. God damn it. But no. the reason they confront you is because the They tell me that I should stop burping on the mic, stop talking about piss, and fucking plan my day. Fuck you guys. I do what I want. Fuck all you guys. Fuck them all. Thank you for listening. Later. We're fucking out. See you, motherfuckers.